podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Monday night's Rangers Rabble podcast. It is the phone in. Uh, and I'm joined tonight by Wilf and Ian. Gents, how are we doing? Fine, fine. Ian? Just glad it's cooler down here. Ah, exactly. I know it's been a nice couple of days, but I think it's to come back at the weekend. As you can see on the top left, we have got a new sponsor. Uh, we are sponsored again by the great Zenith Coins. Um, use code RR25. Uh, zenithcoins.com for 25% off your order. Uh, your club treasured. Delighted to be back uh, linked with Zenith. Um, gents, by, and by, sorry, Robert, I'll cut across you. Zenith coin stuff is absolutely fabulous. I've got a few of their, a few of their coins here. I've got the individual Rangers coin. I've got their um, the collection that they did. I think there's still a few of them left. That's, it's stunning stuff. Absolutely brilliant. So it's well worth it. And I would just wish I could have got 25% off when I bought mine, but I, I, I didn't. It was before they sponsored this, so. But yeah, it's really good stuff. Really good stuff. A glowing endorsement, that Wolf. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so listen, as always, we want to get you guys involved tonight. Uh, you'll see the banner go across the bottom when the phone lines are open. Uh, 01416287237. Uh, a few a few talking points to, to pick up on. I know if you listen to the Patreon stuff and the, the, the Daily Show, I've heard the guys going on about a few of these topics this morning, but we'll delve in a little bit deeper and obviously delve into your points as well. Uh, I think... Well, for only one place to really start, it's 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 um, Odessa's deal. Looks like it's firmly uh, in motion. Uh, Rumours that a medical's taking place today or, or going to take place today and an announcement in the next few days. Um, is that one you, you saw sort of coming back and in, in, in the line? Because it seemed to fade away a wee bit after the, the, the Lammers um, uh, announcement. Yeah, Odessa seemed to be a, a kind of almost, almost, cert- almost a certainty. And then... It just disappeared. Like we signed, we signed, uh, we signed Lammers, and we brought in Seema, and uh, it just seemed to die away. I mean, there was there was talk of Cremonese wanting stupid, stupid money for him, which obviously they're trying to make the money back. They've just been relegated. They obviously want to make a few quid back. Um, but as it, as is with negotiation, they started higher than they want. We started a lot lower than we were prepared to pay. We appear to have met somewhere in the middle. Um, I've heard rumours of about five million euros, which is about four point two million pounds. And not three and a half million, as Martin said in the uh, the Daily Ramble. I don't know where he's getting his in, where he's getting his uh, his money changed, but uh, I'd quite I'd quite like to be changing the money where he's changing his. But yeah, they're about about just over four million, um, which is less than I thought we'd pay for a, a starting number nine. To be perfectly honest, but it also leaves the uh, leaves the way open to continue to do business with Feyenoord as well. Yeah, listen, we'll come on to the, the, the Danilo deal at, at some point. But I just want to carry on with, with, with yourself, Ian. Um, in terms of Dessers, do you see this as a... Obviously, Seema coming in as well. Do you see this maybe as a, in a change of formation from, from Michael Beale? What what have you seen of the boy and, and what do you think we're going to get from him? Uh, yeah, well, Des, just looking at some of the people in the chat, they're already saying that he's actually now officially signed. Nothing, nothing, nothing on the club socials like that. I had a wee look. No, there with I've had a little look. I can't see anything yet. I know there's no. a few there that are saying it. Um, I know everyone looks at his stats and it's like, oh, he didn't do that well last year uh, in Italy, but he played for one of the worst teams in Serie A, so you're not going to get that many chances. I mean, he kind of 
not single-handedly, no, no, obviously they're a decent team, but when Farnoy went to the, the Conference League final, he was banging in the goals. Um, I'm not going to judge the man until I've seen him play for us. Um, I think he's the type of striker. He's obviously number one for Beal. This is Beal's number one choice. He's been uh, after him all the way through. He's not given up. He's got him. I think he suits the style, or the, the, the hopefully he suits the style of play that Beal's going to bring in next year. So I think give him give him time. Let him have a look. I know we don't we're not very good at the giving players time. Um, let's not forget his first proper game, which isn't a preseason friendly, is going to be on a plastic pitch. So that's not a, not a great start. But I, I I think hopefully I'm hoping he's going to be one hell of a player. And I think I'm looking forward to the Feyenoord um, Dessers more than the Cremonese Dessers. Yeah, I saw a nice wee compilation of his stuff at Feyenoord and I must say it was a bit more impressive than what I'd seen previous. Well, at 28 years old, is this more of a, a, a finished article or, or can Michael Beale get more out of this guy? I think but at, at, at 28, the manager can always get more out of him, otherwise he wouldn't be threatening to sign him. He, he'll be looking for, as Ian says, the, the, the Feyenoord version. We'll be looking for the, the 14 goals in Europe version as opposed to the six goals in Serie in A. Um, version of Cyril Dessers but 28 you've got to think you know what you're getting you're not really going to I mean I equate it to fashion Sakala I mean I've been banging on about Sakala shooting for the last year saying you you know you can you can train him and the people's going back to me saying look he's mid-20s if you haven't got it now you're not going to have it so Dessers is exactly the same he's older than that so what he's got is what he's got and that's what you're stuck with but I mean the manager obviously sees something in him and if you think back to January um, Michael Beale said, look, there's somebody, there's a player I've got my eye on and he's not available till the summer. I think it's probably Cyril Dessers because he's tried so hard to get this guy. You know, he's been over there a few times to actually speak to him. He's actually really, really trying to get him. So, so far, so good. He's done he's done some good business so far, so hopefully, hopefully it works. It'll be interesting to see if we also bring in Danilo, though, because I was expecting the manager to spend somewhere in the region of seven or eight million on a striker. Now, if he's getting Dessers for four or four and a half, that leaves a few quid to get to bring in Danilo, which would obviously it would leave us top heavy up up front. But if you think back to the last couple of seasons, the problem we've had is it hasn't been the starting eleven. It's been the bench has been a bit weak. So you know, if we bring in if we bring in Dessers, that goes over the line, we bring in Danilo there's talk of Panzo coming in as well. Uh, obviously, the Cervantes things expected any day. So if we bring in those players in addition to what we've got, we're going to have a great starting lineup, and the bench is going to be an awful lot stronger than it was, which is what cost us because we're five substitutes. You know, we should, we need to have a strong bench and we can rotate players. It's not like you've got your starting eleven and you're burning them out because you've got nobody to replace them with. No, that's not a point well made. I think you're touching at a good few points there, Wilf, which I'll come back to the, the fees, etc. In, in a moment, Ian. But I do want to, you mentioned him as well in your first breath, uh, Danilo. Um, it's another another big name, really, uh, on the continent. A big price tag as well. Um, a Brazilian, which, you know, Walter and Ali, I love Brazilian as well. Um, <laughs> we, we will, you know, I'm sure the fans will be really excited to see uh, this boy uh, get over the line, but as as Wilf says, that's that's three strikers in for for relatively good fees, and Danilo could be sort of the benchmark, really. I think it'll slow down a little bit with Danilo. I think we might still bring him in, but I think you'll find it's not going to be the big push to get him 
quickly. Um, he might go through the, the transfer window, possibly. Because, um, as Will said, we are going to be a bit top-heavy, so there's going to have to be people to go out as well. Otherwise, we're going to end up with um, seven or eight strikers up there. Um, so it's a matter of who's going to go before we bring him in, I think. Um, and top of that list is probably Cholak, because I don't think if he's play if if Beal wants to play a big uh, pressing game, then Cholak doesn't suit that. He's your penalty box hunting type striker. Um, and sadly, because he is one of the happiest men on the planet, I also think that might be time up for Sakala, so, which will devastate my boy. He loves Sakala. Well, you, well, well, Ian. You, funny you mentioned Sakala because I think he's one that has sort of gathered a bit of interest. If you if you believe everything you read on Twitter in terms of clubs interested, I think there might have been a German club. Linked, forgive me if I forgot the cup. Was it St. Pauli? Was it? Um, so, so maybe somewhere that out was linked. So, if you can get a fee in for him, then he may be prized away. Listen, guys, as you can see along the bottom of the screen 01416287237. The lines are open. Producers sat there waiting, desperate to take a call. So, get involved. We can talk about anything you want. He's happily chatting in the comments. Why not pick up the phone and, and speak to us live on the pod? Well, you make a good point as well about, about money being spent. I mean, we're racking up numbers here. And uh, I think somebody in the comments mentioned. Panzo as well, or a reported two and a half million fee, but you add that up and listen, my maths when you brought to school, but I make that about the guts of 20 million quid spent. We need to start selling players, right? We do, I mean, irrespective of, even supposing we're bringing these players in for nothing, we still need, I mean, we all agreed at the end of the season that the squad was too big, we were carrying too many players, uh, the wage bill was through the roof, and okay, a lot of a lot of high earners have gone, I mean, of the five that left under under yeah, the contract's running out. You know, they, a lot of them are high earners. So, so the, the wage bill has come down considerably with them leaving. But five have left and five have come in. And we're looking at another three, possibly four coming in, which means we're going to be even more top-heavy than we were. We have to get rid of some players. Um, I know it's not I know it's not an easy thing to do, and we're probably in the situation where we're going to have to just swallow a, a heavy squad for a couple of weeks to get rid of players. But my concern is the teams that we're trying to offload, some of the, the excess players do, will realise that we're desperate to try to get rid of them. So they'll try and low ball us. We might have to accept less money than we're looking for. You know, for the likes of that, uh, for Cholak or Haji or or Davies or whoever, you know, whoever it is we're looking to get rid of. And the way the market is, it wouldn't at all surprise me um, if some of these guys only go out on loan to... Obviously, to big, big, to big, to bigger clubs than clubs in Scotland, but maybe, I mean, you, you might see somebody like Sakala going out on loan if there is interest from some from Germany or or Holland or whatever. You might you might find that they only want to take him out on loan initially, so we maybe won't get a fee in, but we'll get him off the wage bill. We'll get him out, out of the you know out, out of the building. But it is quite worrying that, we've, that that nobody's away yet, other than the players that ran out of contract. No, I think it's as I say, it's, it is something I'm sort of key on. I, I like to see us shifting players on. I think we've been maybe a bit sort of lackadaisical in terms of uh, shipping players out when they've been at their peak. Um, so, uh, loan deals are okay for me, but I think you need to have them structured right in terms of obviously you mentioned wages. But if you can try and get a, a buy option as well, agreed. That's that's always half the battle, isn't it? Um, you mentioned fashion Sakala in a couple of you. There was a news at the start of the. Uh, the weekend about uh, Ravi Matondo being told that he was uh, free to go. What, what do you make of that? And do you think he's had enough of a, of a chance under Michael Beale? Apparently, he was starting slowly starting to come onto a game at the end of last season. Um, I think there is a player in there. Um, 
we're not the most patient to support. I've already said it. So he didn't come in and bang in six or seven goals in the games he was playing. So, but I, th- I do think he, he's coming on to a, a decent game towards the end of last season. Um, if, it, if it was me, I'd probably give him a chance to, to show what he can do in the preseason if he hasn't got it. Then I going on Twitter and reading that with the uh, limited views that you're allowed to have these days. Um, I uh, saw that Cardiff was a possibility. Um, so if Cardiff come in with, a, with an offer and everyone agrees, then bye bye, Rabbi. I think um, nobody. I don't. I don't think anybody in our in our club is not actually for sale. I think if the, the price is right for anybody, they'll be gone. That includes the captain. Um, but yeah, I think if I think you'll get a chance in the preseason, but I do think if the money comes in, uh, we can get back what we paid for, for Matondo. I think you'll find he probably will be on his way. Yeah, I think as well, Wolf, you, sort of, you, you try and piece things together, you know, uh, Ian's saying they're a Welsh player linked to Cardiff, that sort of makes sense, doesn't that? It's two and two getting four and you're sort of hoping. I think the big thing with Tondo is the reported wages he's on. Some say he's on the guts of 28 grand a week, which is a massive, massive amount. Are Cardiff really going to pay 28 grand a, a week to keep or to take Rabbi Matondo on loan, as you said before? That's where that's when you've got to get a bit creative. You might have, you might find, you know, we've got players like him going on, we've still got to pay half their wages or whatever, you know, a percentage of their wages. You don't always get players going on loan. For example, when we, uh, if I'm allowed, to, if I'm allowed to mention his name, when we took Aaron Ramsey. We didn't pay his, we didn't pay, we paid like 10% of his wages because he was on something like 250 grand a week. So we were only paying about 10% of that. Juventus were paying the rest because they, they wanted him out of the building, they wanted him playing football. But they still paid a bulk of his wages. Now, I'm, I'm, not, saying for, I'm not saying for a minute we should say to, we should say to you know, Cardiff or Swansea or Wrexham or whoever, or whoever thinks Rabbi Matondo that, you know, have him and we'll pay three quarters of his wages because that would just be folly. But if we have to pay a percentage of his wages, then that's the way it is. If it, if it frees up a bit of cash in the wage bill and gets him off, off the out the building. Let's just bring it back quickly to Panzo because I, I sort of I read um, earlier on this afternoon was I was having my, my lunch break at work there that um, the two and a half million deal looks like it's going to happen and that 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 had gone a little bit quiet as well. But may, maybe the club are doing business in the background and doing it in the right manner where it's not getting out to the the point that it's complete. Um, I I've only seen him in that. That championship playoff, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, lie and say I've, uh, he's this great player. But from what I, from what I, I get under Kerr, who watches a lot of English football, says that this guy is a bit of a player. Uh, it could be a good addition. But does it, Ian, does that mean we're sort of stock heavy in centre halves? Again, it's another one where we're gonna. I mean, we've got um, obviously the, the players we've already got. We've added in uh, Sterling, who can play at centre back. Uh, you've got Panzo coming in. There's still. Rumours of um, trusty, but I don't see the trusty one happening. I think we're going to get priced out of that. Um, is it that we're bringing these guys in and Beal's got an idea of who he wants in the in the defending position to go? Or are we just worried that should we have another horrendous defensive crisis, at least we've got centre-backs that can play there and not um, James Sands? Uh, Panzo, again, like you, I only saw him in that um, playoff final. Um and it nearly cost. He nearly, I think he made a ricket in that bit, and it was like we're linked with him and like what. But again, I'm not going to judge a guy on seeing him briefly uh, in a game that was on the telly. Again, it'd be one of those. If he does come, um, then brilliant. We'll see how he does. 
But again, I've heard that the deal's edging closer. But then on the other hand, I've also seen things saying that uh, two clubs are still no further along. They're still a very big impasse. So it's... I don't know. I don't know if it's it's closer or not, to be perfectly honest. It's just one one hand says it's doing this, the other hand says it's doing that. So I'm just going to wait and see. The, the old the old adage, if he's at the training ground with a scarf over his head, then uh, then I'll know he's one of ours. Listen, guys, don't forget, uh, get your calls at 0141628-7237. Uh, we get to get the first caller on the line. There must be plenty you want to talk about. You're in the comments, chilling away. As I say, pick up the phone. Uh, it'd be good to talk to one of you guys as well. Well, the, the influx of another centre half, I've not mentioned this before on pods, and uh, something that I'm quite keen on is, is the, the idea of playing three at the back and maybe giving Tavernier a license to go a bit further up the field, and as well as we're Edvan as well. Is that something you can see happening next season? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really a tactics guy. It's 11 men on the park. As long as you win the game of football, I'm happy. Um, but we don't, from what I, from what I've seen of three in the back, but we don't need to play three at the back in most games in Scotland because you're up against. I mean, you probably get away with just playing two and bombing the fullbacks up and bombing the fullbacks up the park and you know going top heavy at the top half of the, the park because you know quite often we, we'll be playing against teams, particularly Ibrox, that won't even have a striker. They'll have nobody up front. They'll maybe have a guy a guy nominally on the halfway line getting told to chase things if they kick it through. So you don't need three centre backs to cover that. You know what I mean? You can probably cover that with two and then still bomb still bomb your fullbacks up. I mean there was a game I think it was one of Michael Beale's early games, it might have been at Tannadice, where he, where he changed things up after about two or three minutes because they never set up the way he expected them to. They went with, they went with two and he went three at the back because he was only expecting one up front and he'd gone to flat four. So, um, I don't think, I think three, I think he'll use three at the back, particularly away in Europe and I think he'll probably use it at their place. But I can't really see him implement all the, all the time, all the time because he's got, he'll have somebody to do what John Lundstrom was doing last season and just, you know, slip back in when when necessary, you know. And it may, it may or may not be Lundstrom because he may or may not still be here. I think that's a great point Douglas makes. You know, this could feed into the fact that his goals are going to be fit for the for the qualifiers and obviously Suter uh, with a wee scare when he was away with the national team. So it probably is in Michael Beale's back of his mind make sure he's got plenty of cover because we don't want what happened to his uh, at the start of last season, like Ian mentioned. Just did the comment before, I don't know who said it, forgive me, but obviously, again, rumour today, Bassey, uh, Calvin Bassey, that is not, Shirley could be on his way to Brighton. Um, I reported fee between 15 and 20 million. Now, there was loads and loads of debate about this sell-on clause. Well, if I'll come back to you, because I know you spoke about it uh, on the group chat as well. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it's a percentage of profit, not from the transfer fee, is that right? We don't we don't know because it was never said. They've just said there was there was a sell on fee, but ninety percent of these sell on fees are on profit. So if I actually are selling them for what's been reported, then there won't be a profit. They'll, they'll take a hit on it of I don't know two or three million. So there won't be a sell on. But depending on how it's structured, there may we may well get a percentage of what I actually get as a percentage if Brighton sell them on. If because because I will definitely put up if they're selling them at that. I actually definitely put in a sell-on percentage. We might still be entitled to a percentage of that when he moves from if and when he moves from Brighton. That's the sort of thing we don't know, and we'll probably we probably won't know until that happens. But I'd be very very surprised if we got a percentage of whatever I actually sell to Brighton for because they're losing money on the deal already. So they wouldn't want you know they wouldn't want to be in a position where they give us even they give us 
they lose even more money because they've got to give us a, a fair chunk of it. So I think it's probably just on profit because that's because I'd be I'd be horrified if we put us if if we accepted a sell on clause on a on a player that we moved out and the sell and the sell on clause meant it cost us money. I'd be horrified at that. Well, listen, I think that the key is here, Ian, is, you know, we just hope he goes and, and, and plays well because we, we think we all had a, a soft spot for him, the big man. And I'm quite shocked that he's he's, went, he's leaving Holland so soon. Um, I thought maybe he'd, he'd stay another season or two, but I don't, again, don't watch a lot of Eddie Divisi, but a comment saying that Ajax sorry, have had a, a poor season and, and he's been made the scapegoat. Yeah, there's a lot of it coming out of Holland that um, uh, a lot of, of Bassey bashing. Um, and they're obviously not getting the player that we that we had. Um, I'm with Gallant though. If uh, Brighton don't, if Brighton bring him in and they want to loan him out, I'll gladly take him back. I love Big Cheryl. He was mental. Um, just the boy could run, and he was a tank. I think the the game, like the one out in Belgium when it hammered it down the ring, when Ruth scored from the halfway line, um, and he picked that ball up and he ran with it on a rain-soaked surface, much like Hamden when we played Georgia. He just picked that ball up and run, and that ball was too scared to get stuck in the mud. It just carried on going because he was busting through. Like I loved him. I thought he was great, and I was gutted when he left us. So even if there was a small, tiny, small, tiny, tiny smidge that we could get him back on loan, I would look into it. But good luck to him if he goes to Brighton. Um, massive move because Brighton don't tend to go after bad players. They know what they want. They've got their, their set up. So he must be doing something right if Brighton are looking at him. So if he does go, good luck to him, and I'll uh, look forward to seeing him on match of the day next season. I could possibly you know, link up with, with Alex Elman as well. So, you know, Robert, instead of a instead of a sell-on clause, if if Brighton are quite happy with with uh, with Big Shirley, and there is there is negotiation to be done, I'd quite I'd quite happily just keep keep Seema, just say, like, don't bother weighing us in with a percentage of what you're giving Ajax. You know, just let let's keep Big Seema, and we'll call it a done deal. That would do me. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but that would that would be nice. Well, I was going to say it depends on what kind of season he has, and I, I don't think he, he. I think Brighton paid a decent fee, and you know, in other terms, for forward it was seven or eight million quid from what I've read. So, um, listen, what was sort of uh, a third way that through the show, not had one call yet. I'm, I've got to say, I'm absolutely dis- distraught and disappointed. So, pick up the phone, oh one four one six two eight seven two three seven. I don't want to have to text my mum and tell her to phone in the night so we get a call. <laughs> all right, um, aye. So, Seema, let's talk about him. Actually, that's a good point. Uh, well, I saw. Uh, the footage at a Michael Beale showing him around the uh, the kit room, etc., and showing him all the shots. And I think he mentioned McCoyst and and Loudrup. I mean, how important is that that, that he gets that feel of the club and he, he gets sort of immersed in it? Well, that is important. I mean, I'm sure that 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 happens with every player. We just don't often, we just don't always see it. And in the past, it's not. I don't think it's necessarily been the manager that's done it. You know, in the in the past, the, the late great Sandy Jardin used to do it. You know, I, I know that. You know. Yeah, again, the late Jimmy Bell would have done it when they came into kit room. He'd have kind of shown them around that as well. But the manager's already built up a relationship with these guys, you know, because he's. He, I mean, his Rangers TV interview he did over the weekend, which I watched earlier. You know, I mean, he's known some of these guys since they've been kids, through coming through academies and keeping an eye on them for the last three or four years. So he's got a relationship with some. I mean, he, he said way way back that you that you'd see the relationships between him and the players, and. He's obviously sold. He's obviously sold the club to them. He's, he's sold them what Rangers is. Now we all know what it is. These guys don't. They're just another football club to them. But they've come in. They're all saying the right things. Uh, Michael Beale certainly taking his time out to show them, you know, the right things. I mean, I mean the fact that 
he's, he's showing them all the. I mean, the thing that they get, you know, they're showing them all, they're showing them all, all the all the stuff and all the like like what, what was Jimmy Bell's kind of glory hole, if you like. I mean, even going back to a couple of weeks ago, Todd Cantwell on his on his Instagram running running about in the 150 centenary top. You know what I mean, I mean, just that shows you that he get he gets it. You know what I mean? Um, so it was just a, your use of, of word there, anyway. Um, yeah, so just on what you said about Seema and, and obviously upsetting the, the, the fee. Um, sorry, an old, an, old Highland, an old Highland expression. I think I think I know what you're what you're making you laugh. It's an old Highland, old Highland expression for your room. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, just to pick up what you said about Seema because you seem quite excited at the thought. Of, Bringing him in to offset a fee. Is he the one you've got highest hopes for, Wolf? Then, out the, the strikers that we're getting linked to? Uh, from what we're brought in, I think I think Dessers will do a great job if he comes in if we can get the final of Dessers. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I don't know because I don't, I don't, I've not really seen anything, anything I've seen, but I mean, I mean, the, the very fact that, that Brighton don't want to put a sell on, don't want to put a sell on to us for him, you know. Don't want, don't want to put an option to buy in the loan deal as far as we're aware. They've obviously got high hopes for this guy, and they don't get an awful lot wrong when they're signing young players. So I'm quite that 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 that's encouraging for me. No, certainly I think that you, you say Brighton's recruitment for the last three, three four years has been fantastic. Um, I think I don't know if Davy Weir's involved in there at some stage. Forgive me, I'm wrong there. Um, He's the loan manager. So, you know, I think that you know they've got a great model. Maybe that should be something we're tapping into in terms of a bit of knowledge there. But uh, some of the, the 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 punters there in the comments have been saying Seema Seema will have plans at Brighton again. It just doesn't. You need to understand how well he's going to do this season for us. We kind of get attached to loan players like maybe we did Malik Tillman uh, and a few fans who maybe hoped he'd stay if had their fingers burnt. So it's just important that he comes and uh, embraces the club, puts the jersey on, and, and does a job for us because we're needing a, a striker that can score goals definitely, aren't we? Sorry, I've got one of my kids crying upstairs, so I'm just making sure someone's going to. Um, yeah, I mean, I I went back and forth on Tillman, so I sort of one minute I was in love with him, and the next minute I wasn't, the next minute I was, and the next minute I wasn't. Um, uh, unlike uh, like, unlike Stu, who was all in for for Tillman and only for him not to come. So I don't remember Seema from the. Um, for the game against Prague, I really don't. I know we got man of the match. I just, I don't really tend to worry too much about the opposition. Um, yeah, Gallant's quite right. We shouldn't get attached to lone players, but we will. And at the end of the season, we bring him in, and then he won't come because he, he'll be like, "Yeah, you can go into the Brighton first team, and if you've got a chance of uh, making money and getting your game time down in the EPL, you're going to do it." Much like uh, these lot heading off to um, Saudi, like our former manager, but. I'm hoping he comes in and he does well. The trouble, the trouble is, we don't know enough about these players to know whether they're going to fit into this system or what yeah. system he's going to play. I can see people saying there, Seema's not going to start before Dow, and people are saying, well, Seema's going to start on one side and, and Dow won't start on the other. So it's it's very difficult until we get to this first preseason game, uh, we'll have to see you know how we're going to look and how we're going to set up. But even the preseason games won't tell you everything because I'd be I'd, I'd be expecting to see about four hundred different formations in, in in the first two games alone. Because he's got to try things. If you can't try it pre-season, when can you? You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, for for Seema, it might actually be in our favour that we don't have an obligation to buy or, or a, an ability to buy clause in. Because he's, as somebody pointed out, I think it was CGM pointed out in the comments, um, he's got two years left to run on his deal. So by the time he's, his loans up, he's got a year to go. 
So if he does really, really well with us and he and he, he likes it, he enjoys it, and he he's not like Malik Tillman, he doesn't mind getting kicked up and in the park. Because I think that's what was wrong with Tillman. He just didn't fancy Scottish football and you can't blame the man for that. Then we could possibly get him. He could maybe push through a move on his own because he'll only have a year left. And if he says to Bright, look, whatever happens, I'm coming back to Rangers. Whether it's next summer or the summer after my contract runs out, they might be okay to deal with to get money for him rather than losing for nothing. But we don't know that. I mean, he might come He might come, and he might be, might be a complete car crash. We just have absolutely no idea. But as you say, we don't know what any of these players are like, how they're going to play. I just hope we don't get, we don't get too excited or frustrated by the pre-season friendlies because we're playing well Newcastle I mean Newcastle's a decent side they're spending an absolute fortune on quality players I mean they've just they've just signed somebody from AC Milan tonight for an awful lot of money you know so that isn't going to be an easy game and and these pre-season games this year more than any other are all about getting this getting the squad formations right so as long as we don't take absolute absolute shoeings against these teams, if he tries one or two things and they don't work, then he tries one or two things and they don't work. As long as he learns from it, I think you make a good point about friendlies because I watched Ravi Matondo against West Ham and, and thought we were getting a world beater, and <laughs> we all know how this one's that one's played out. So I think, as you say, it's it's just you need to just get let the players sit a bed in and, and try and understand the manager who he wants to play and obviously understand what the supporters expect, and then we'll get to the. The league business and, and then obviously a Europe will start, so that's when it counts and that's where they'll be judged um, heavily. So I think as, as well, we've got a, quite a lot of new guys to jail in, so the pre-season becomes important for, for that in terms of you know getting the boys together and, and maybe getting the likes of Tavernier and, and, and Goldson in the rear. I think Jack Butlin's going to be massive for that as well. I think he's going to be a really, really big character. Um, Ian saw snaps today, Butlin sort of diving to the left and diving to the right. Uh, I don't know what he does in the evening. Um, <laughs> Certainly, uh, he looked the part, uh, and I've, I've got big hopes for him. What, what do you think of that addition? Well, I don't think he's got the same stamina as McGregor for the last part, so uh, maybe only five. Um, I was quite excited when we got linked with Butland originally, um, and I know a couple of uh, well, I know a, a couple of people in Stoke who have obviously watched him and said that they they enjoyed him being at the club, and he was a he was a great keeper. Uh, again, I don't it, whether it be friendlies or not, or whatever, or competitive games, you don't get caps for England if you're not decent. So, um, I look forward to. Hopefully, he's commanding, um, and he's uh, definitely one for coming out for crosses. So that'll be something to continue from the end of last season when Robbie was uh, popping out for a cross, which is something we're not used to. Um, I think I think it'll be a key addition as long as he commands that and gives the defence that that uh, belief that they've got something behind them so they're not hanging in the like, four yards from goal, which cost us so many goals last season. Um, I think we're on to a winner with, with Butland. Uh, we'll just, maybe we can get an interview with him and ask him how many a night he can do. I don't know. Listen, I just want to pick up that point from Shona. She's done there about um, you know, the, the, the guys have brought in and the forward options are, are, an, are an improvement on what we had. Well, we don't think we'll know that until we see them play, but Shona's always a, a, a good uh, judge of character and seems to know her stuff when she's in the comments, so we'll, we'll take that from her. Listen, still plenty of time to get a calls in. Halfway through the show, not at 1, 0141628737. Um, listen, there's a question in the in the comments. Let's put it to, to you, Will, first. Obviously, the fixtures got released last week. From the first six games, how many points do you think we'll get? I agree, I agree with Paul. We're going to get 18. But then I think we'll finish the league with 100% record because I do that every year. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, no re, there's no reason we shouldn't be winning every single game. 
for the first six or eight weeks of the season. Now, we may, we may very well drop drop points here and there because remember, we've got European football in amongst all that. You know what I mean? It depends greatly on the European draw. I mean, if we're drawn to go to go to Belgium, that's not really a great hardship. But if we're going to play Dnipro in Slovenia, then that's a bit more bit more of a challenging trip. You know what I mean? So it it, it just kind of depends. It also depends what we're in the European ties are because we've got we've got a European a potentially got a European qualifier just before we play Celtic. Now, if that's at home, that's that's fine. It's just another home game. But again, that could be away. That could be at, that could be at Marseille. It could be. You know, it could be anywhere, really. You know what I mean? So that's that's probably going to have a bearing on it. But I would expect us to to win at least the first to answer the question the first six league games, and because because the first Old Firm games at Ibrox, I'd expect us. Well, we have to win the first Old Firm game. There's absolutely no if buts or maybe's about that because we have to put that marker down. You know, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that my my old friends up here will do us a favour, second game of the season, and get something off them because they'll. As soon as they start dropping points, the 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 shouts are about and Declan will be in the car park. You know what I mean? So by the time they play us, they could they could be in all sorts of crisis. Well, Ian, let me let me change the question slightly for you then, so we get a bit of a different answer. If if we don't get eighteen points, but the points that we've dropped have been to Celtic and another. So not just a defeat to Celtic, maybe a, a draw somewhere else along the line, is Michael be under pressure after six matches? Yeah. Simple answer. Yes, he is. Um, you can, like Will says, it's Ibrox that, that first old firm game. So we have to win that. There's no, there's no ifs, buts, or maybes about it. I mean, if it's Celtic Park and you drop points or you you you, you come out with a draw, you like, all right, it's, it's their place. Want to win, but I'll take a point. I mean, at the time when it come out of it, if you come out with it with a point, you do. If you come out with a, a loss, you're like, well, we should have beat them. But at home, we have to beat them, and we then we should not be dropping points to anyone else but them in the first few weeks of the season. If you could kind of accept it because they're on the on the same level, just about. Uh, change of manager, new manager bounce for them. But the other teams that we've got in the lead up to that, we shouldn't be dropping points to any of them. Listen, the season's not even kicked off yet and I've won a trophy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, listen, I, I, I just asked the questions, you know, trying to keep the, the conversation going. If you want to ask a different question, CGM, pick up the phone 01416287237 and give us your opinion. Um, listen, no, El- well, sorry to cut across you again. While you're on, while you're on the, the subject of winning trophies, somebody's going to win a trophy on Sunday because we've got the final of the Rabble quiz on Sunday. So don't forget to tune in for that, folks. Eight o'clock on Sunday. The questions are absolutely magnificent because I know because I've written them. So <laughs> Yep, so 8 o'clock on Sunday, you'll see somebody else winning a trophy. One of our I've robbed myself. Spoilers. I've robbed myself out of that quiz. I've robbed myself. I didn't need Martin to rob me. I did it to myself. But just to, to, to come back to, obviously, we discussed uh, sort of briefly, uh, you know, player exits, and one that, that won't go away is is Yanis Hadji. Um, I know there's been some ridiculous links to Aberdeen. I'm going to ignore that for the time being. But today, I, I, I linked to, to Serie A. Uh, Lecce, uh, the latest the latest club to be to be uh, interested in, in Yanis Hadji. Well, surely he is one of the most sellable assets in the squad, right? Without without question. I mean, he's been out for what seems like a lifetime. He's been out for what, fifteen or sixteen months. So that's that's unfortunate for him, and that probably is probably the reason we will we'll be looking to move him on. 
Now, since we've signed them, we've always been told that uh, that, that Galatasaray love them a bit, and they would take they would take them for a lot of money in a heartbeat. So, if that's true, and the likes of Lecce are in for them, then that's great for us because then let's get a bit more started and let's move them on for as much as we can get. Because much as I'd like to keep Yanis Hadji, looking at the players we're bringing in, he's not going to get a start, and he's at the age, especially after being out for so long, he'll be wanting to play football. He's got an international career to worry about, so. I think he'll grudgingly move on as well if we get the right deal for him, but it's got to be the right club for him. Um, and we we can't afford any sentimentality. There's going to be players moving out in the next three or four weeks that a lot of the support are going to go fuck it. They kept him, but we can't afford sentimentality. We're all we're all we're all gushing, or most of us are gushing over the people we're bringing in. We just have to accept that there's going to be some players we don't want to lose that we're going to lose. No, I mean, Will's totally right there, but I think you've, you've got to agree that Hadji with a couple of others are the ones you'd probably get decent money for, right? Yeah, you'd get decent money. for Like Will says, if another team come in and Galera, um, the small team from Turkey, are um, serious about their interest in bringing him over, then yeah, let let Chain make a bid, then, then bring them into the table and start that bidding war and get as much for him as we possibly can. Um, I know uh, the Heart and Hand boys... Uh, David Egger particularly was a massive fan of Hadji and he said that we would never lose money on this deal no matter what happened. So I'm, I'm, I'm true to agree with it. I think he's a massive talent. I've said on previous pods, he's one I would keep. But looking at what we've brought in, I'm struggling to see where he would where he would actually get game time now. So I think if the money comes in and it's good for Hadji and it's good for us, I'll reluctantly let him go. Not that it's up to me. I mean... I can tell Bill and turn blue in the face that I'm now keeping him. He's the boss. He's going to just get rid of him. He don't care what I think. <laughs> I think though, Wolf makes a good point. There's a lot of players that play similar positions, similar like players, if you like, um, and maybe that are a bit ahead of Hadji in, in, in terms of like you, you, you can't well. Tom Lawrence is obviously to come back in as well, so it does make it different, difficult for Yanis. I don't think he was brilliant towards the back end of last season. I know he got his goal and it was a lovely moment for him, etc. And uh, maybe a, a full pre-season is what he needs, but I think he's definitely the, the one that, that won't go away. He keeps getting linked to, to, to a whole host of clubs in the continent. I think Celta Vigo we've spoke about here on as well. So if we can get a, a bid and what, that's certainly one we can get some money off. Um, yeah, that's... Sorry, Rob. That's, that's, what, that's what we need. We need somebody to come in and give us money for now. See if, if Yaris Hadji had pace, we'd be doing everything we could to keep him. But unfortunately, he didn't have pace before he got injured. He'll probably have even less pace now. So, given what we're bringing in, I just can't see where he fits into the team. Well, Stephen Gerrard's in Saudi Arabia now. Maybe he could um, plump in a, a couple of massive figures for, for Hadji and Kamara. I think someone mentioned that earlier on in the comments. Get Kamara over. Just, his price has just gone up to £20 million if Gerrard comes in. But I mean, it, it, there's, there's a name to take to, to Saudi if you want to get people involved in your league. Hadji's a massive name throughout the world, and I'm pretty sure it's just as big in Saudi Arabia as it is anywhere else in the world. So, fingers crossed. It's, it's a good point, Ian. I think, you know, the, the Saudi money, if anyone wants to talk about that, 01416287237, uh, we know some Saudi money is coming into the Scottish game for uh, a, a player that I, I can't remember his, his name off the top of my head. But um, certainly, you know, we wouldn't mind one of our players getting linked there for for, for a nice sum as well. Um, I wanted to come, to come back to, <coughs> pardon me, uh, the net spend and, and, and sort of are we going to need to bring in any more players after we do uh, get Dessers over the line uh, and Danilo Sifuentes obviously is one that I don't know if he's going to come this summer or, or we're going to have to wait till December um, 
Panzo another you know another couple of million quid. Where do we start funding deals? Do we need to get any more in Wolf? I think if we get I think if we get all that, well I've done it well I've done really really well and really really early in the window, and I would say that's it. However, if we sold a player for an awful lot of money, for example, Steven Gerrard came in for Kamara and said, "There's twenty million. We'd go back out. And, we'd go back out and spend it." And also, if we if we get past the first European game, I could see us spending more money because getting past that third qualifying round gets us a five million pound parachute payment, even if we lose that and don't and don't go into the Champions League. So, I think if we if we get past if we get past the first our first European qualifier. I would expect us to possibly possibly go out and buy some get somebody else. And if we get into the Champions League, I'd be expecting us to go out and get somebody else. That's maybe we went wrong last season. We all remember the 99 Poven and then thought, right, we're gonna go and spend and go and go and bring someone in. It just did not happen. and we that's saw exactly it. that's exactly where it went wrong. Because if you think back to the manager's comments after the game, um Giovanni Van Broekers was interviewed after after the game in, in Eindhoven. And the way he was talking, he was looking to bring somebody in, and it just didn't happen. For whatever reason, so and that and that cost us because well we ended up with no, we ended up with no centre halves and with all sorts of all sorts of defensive issues. So yeah, I would expect us I would expect us to strengthen further if we get into the Champions League. I think the difference between Van Bronckhorst and Michael Beale is Van Bronckhorst would accept a no. I can't see Michael Beale accepting no if he thinks he needs a player in. Ian. Yeah, um, and there's also a massive difference when Gio was there is uh, Ross Wilson. Um, he told him, we're not getting any more players in, and he went, okay then, because bless him. I love. I mean, Gio the player, I love Gio the player, but um, Gio the manager, I think he was happy just to go, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take what you want, because I could go back to it, a Dutch manager comes in, we didn't get a single Dutch player in the team. As soon as he's gone, got a Dutch player in the team. Um, but I don't think Bill's going to take no for an answer. If the Bill wants somebody, he's he's going to do all he can to bring them in. He's already he's already shown it. He said he wanted X amount. We're sort of halfway to what he wants. Well, the fact for for me, Ian, the fact that Michael Bill has taken it upon himself to fly all over the place to actually speak to these players. I mean, he said that again in that Rangers TV interview. He'd been to Italy several times, and he'd been with different coaches. He'd been with the the chief scout. He's you know, I mean, he's he's not sending the chief scout. And one of his coaches, he's sending himself and one of the two of them, you know. So he's he's going all over the place to see these people to make sure they are the people that he wants. I get the feeling that that Van Bronck has left left it all to our old friend Ross Wilson. Just said, look, that's the players I want. Go and get them for me. Same with the you know we all we all complained that they were that they weren't the players weren't fit enough last season, and there was the the, the chat that Van Bronck has said, look, I'll show you how to use a football. You you do the fitness by yourself. Mm. You know that's the Dutch the Dutch mentality for that. So it's just different different ways different ways of doing the job. But as as Robert says, I think if Michael if Michael Beale says, by the way, guys, we get into Champions League, I'm buying this, and he'll have the player lined up already. The board will just say, are you okay? Because they'll have to because they know that he won't he won't take no for an answer. There seems to be a, a sort of a recurring theme with the players that we are being linked with, albeit maybe not uh, Danilo, but the, the guys that we brought in, the likes of. Uh, Dill certainly, um, Dessers, Lammers, and then you'll think of Cantwell as well. Guys that are maybe, I don't want to say down on the luck, but maybe needing just out to be re-energised by a move. And Michael Beale seems to think that he can turn these players around, Ian. 
you think that's do you think that that's a hunger that could be important next season to try and get the best at these guys? It's the little touches with Bill, because Bill, like Wolf was saying, he goes to see him and he talks to them, and there's been a few that have said that that, that the manager actually taking the time to speak to them is what's part of a huge part of the reason of why they've come to the club. Um, yeah, some of them have lost their way, um, and now it's about turning around and and making them and putting them in the public eye again and, and giving the best that they can. I think they're, they're the perfect club to do that. You you know, with likelihood of, of winning pretty much most games in Scotland, uh, you've got European football to go with it. What better place to 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 rekindle yourself? Um, I think it's massive for them, and I look forward to every single one of them as a whole, as a unit, turning their careers around as one and and firing us all the way to 56. Awesome. That'd be, that'd be absolutely fantastic. That's what we all want. Well, if I know you you do frequent the, the B team now and again, these these deals we're doing, these players we're bringing in, how, you know, with the lack of outgoings as well, so that the, the, the squad is still quite quite large and, and getting bigger by the day. Um, where does it leave you if you're like a Leon King, Alec Lowry, Zach Lovelace even, where does it leave your head? It's the, the B team is a difficult one at the moment because we don't know because obviously they're not going they're not going into the loan league. They've already told us that, but they haven't told us what they're doing instead. I mean, there there is chat about going back to best v best, but if they're doing that, it has to be structured. It has to be some sort of mildly competitive best v best where we play a block of teams home and away rather than well this week we're going to Manchester United next week we're going to Liverpool we've got Brighton coming to us we've got this happening you know we need something a bit more structured these guys need to be playing upwards of 30 games a season we can't just be SPFL Trust Trophy and Glasgow Cup I mean even the Glasgow Cup's in 18s so it's difficult to say where these guys are I think you'll find that one or two of them will go out on loan but they'll have to go out on loan at a decent level and the problem with that is getting teams to take them you know what I mean if you're, for example, and I'm not saying for a minute I want them to go out on loan, but for example, if you're putting Alex Lowry out on loan, you'd either need to put him abroad or into a team at least mid-table in the Scottish Premiership. And I can't see it. I can't see a Hearts or an Aberdeen or something like that, you know, really taking Alex Lowry to develop him for us. I, I just can't see that. But I think guy, guys like that, like Alex Lowry, um, Robbie Ewer, if he's still here, because there is chat of him leaving. Um, Aaron Lyle, these guys will still be about the building because we'll need them to bulk up the European squad because we're really, really light in Scottish players for the for the European squad. And these guys still don't count because they're under 21, but we'll still need to use them just to, to make the bench look look like a proper bench. So, But until until the B teams, what the B teams do is formalise, it's difficult to say what's going to happen to any of these guys. But yeah, it must be a worry for them in their heads. But I know... At the moment, there's five or six on training with the first team. Now, that'll be, again, to bulk up the numbers because the international players are still away. I mean, Nico Raskin won't, won't be back until... I don't expect Nico Raskin to be back until probably nearer the end of the season because he's he's either just finished playing or still playing with the Bells in under 21, so he still needs two or three weeks off. So we won't see him in July, you know, and a lot of the other guys have just finished. So hopefully the B team players impress and... Get, and some of them stick about the building, but again, that's more of the budget that we need. We need to concern ourselves about. Is what do we do with these guys if they're not playing? If they're not playing football, well, I, get, I think I've, I've sort of, I don't know if I've heard this on this podcast or another, but the difficulty is even if you do loan them out. In fact, I mean, you will actually said this. There's no guarantee someone plays them. 
you know, you can send them out to, yep. you know, Falkirk or Dunfermline, uh, and there's no guarantee they're going to get the game time. They could go there and, and sit, sit on the bench as well. So it is very, it's difficult to well, find. I mean, Cole McKinnon, I'm sure it was, went to Patrick Thistle last season and he started off like a house on fire. They changed the manager and he never played because the manager didn't fancy him. You know what I mean? So, a complete waste of time. Tony, Tony Weston came up here at the Cove Rangers. They changed the manager. Paul Hartley didn't play him. You know what I mean? So, it's horses for courses. It's a very, very difficult one when you put players on loan. It's the same if we loan a player in. There's nothing to say that we're going to play Seema. You know, we'll, we'll have made Brighton no guarantees. No, well, just like he's not going to make us any guarantees of getting 25 a season, but we're all praying that he does. Um, listen, I, I just... There's, there's, there's no calls. No one seems to be picking up that phone. But if you, you know, we've got fifteen. Well, got us a 10, 15 minutes left. Oh one four one six two eight seven two three seven. Make a point. We'd love to hear from you tonight. At least get one uh, through the door. I, I want to come to obviously the, the, the anniversary of, of the goalies passing. I think it was one year yesterday. Um, somebody who was massive, massive character for me growing up watching Rangers like that. I can't say enough good things about him, and I know Wilf, you've had the pleasure of being in his company, etc. But I just wanted to sort of, you know, mark that and, and and maybe have a wee chat about things you remember from him and maybe games that have stood out for you. For me, my my memories of the goalie. I mean, obviously the the games speak for themselves. I mean that 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 save that save from uh, from Van Hooydonk. I mean, I still I've watched that back a million times. I've still got no idea how he saved it. I've asked him how he saved it. He's got no idea how he saved it. You know, it's just some of the saves he had is absolutely the the I mean, as I said on the on the Daily Ramble this morning, if you go back to his, his first game or one of his first games, we played Hearts at Tynecastle, and we'd just signed him from Hibs, and everybody's well, what 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 we doing buying a goalkeeper from Hibs, and Hearts player that might might be Scott Crab or something like that hits, hits a shot from absolutely nowhere, and the goalie leaves it because he thinks it's going over. It nestles in the top bin, and everybody's going. What have we signed here? Now, had there been social media, he would he wouldn't have had a name. They'd have absolutely written bits because as we be, as we keep saying, we're we're bipolar. We don't, you know, we don't give anybody a chance, you know. But he came back from that, and he came back from that big time. And he realised he made the mistake, and he made sure it didn't happen again. The man was just an absolute colossus on a football pitch, and a nicer because as you say, I've been lucky enough to spend time with him in the past, and a nicer man you couldn't meet. I mean, I've obviously I've met him at sportsman's dinners and stuff like that. I've done charity events with them, which is when you get the stories that you don't hear on the after dinner circuit. You know, you see him interacting with, with guys that he played with and stuff like that and it's just Andy Gorham off the field was everything you'd expect him to be, you know and he was he was just an absolute giant of a man and another, another thing I said on the, on the Daily Ramble, sorry for repeating myself on what I said earlier um, but um, that that's right, I mean he was that that Ellen Road game was absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I mean something else that I, I touched on earlier on as well. I heard that when when he was diagnosed, obviously, and he was told, "Look, you only get for three or four months to live, but we've got this treatment you can get, and it'll prolong your life by an extra couple of months." And he went, "What's the point of me doing that? Give that treatment to somebody else that'll get more benefit from it than me." I mean, that's that's incredible. For any human being to think like that in that sort of situation, to me, that's and that's Andy Gorham. You know what I mean? That's loved loved life, but appreciated what life was. Appreciated that other people probably possibly needed more what what he was offered. That wasn't it wasn't going to save him. So he just you know just incredible, incredible man. 
You can put it in a world's better world. That's when you come into your own on this podcast. Thanks for watching. That's beautiful. Uh, Ian, obviously you're of a certain vintage as well. You'll remember the goalie. Any any standouts for you? Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We've got a phone call, gentlemen. Could you believe it? 52 minutes on the clock. Uh, Connor's waiting. Connor, how are you doing, big man? I know too bad, gents, yourselves. Smashing. Listen, delighted you're joining us. What's your point for the chaps? I, well, I, was, I was listening to the chat, obviously, about the, the young lads there. Um, so it's a couple of things for me on it. Like, firstly, I think with the young players talking about sending them in loan, I think we send those players in loan um, to a club. We have to be sort of dictating the law a wee bit because bear in mind it'll be a smaller club than ourselves will be sending them to in loan. And we have to be saying to them, if we're going to give you this player on loan, then we expect that he plays either 20 or 25 games a season. Otherwise, we'll cut his own short if we don't feel you're playing him um, and look at alternative options. Because there's no point in a player going alone to sit on the bench somewhere else. Um, it's also a stupid move anyway for any club to bring a player in and loan and then not use him. What's the point in that? Um, <clears throat> at the same time, though, I think the other point for me is with the, the quota that we've got to fill for Scottish players on the, the team, that I, I'd like to see is looking to bring in another Scottish player, then maybe somebody with a bit, of, a bit more experience, because if we're having to fill that quota to make sure we're ticking the boxes for you know UEFA and for the Champions League, then I'd rather we've done it with somebody with a bit of experience in there, because you don't want to end up having to play these young players in the Champions League, you can avoid it. Um, but that comes down to squad depth. And just now, obviously, some more players to get in the door. We maybe don't have that, but especially with the lack of, you know, Scottish players that we've got in the team. So I think maybe we need to start looking there as well, because right now it doesn't look like we've really showed any interest in any Scottish players that I can think at this point. You know, come to you on that. Connor, it's a great point there about the, obviously, the quota. Um, and there is a, a lack of names that we've been linked to uh, within the, within our own league and, and, and even likes of you know Ferguson etc. So, what do you think of that? We are quite snobby when it comes to players in Scotland. I'm, I mean, there's players out there. One's already gone. He's already gone down to Millwall. I'd have I'd have, I'd have grabbed him with both hands. I'd have, I'd have gone to Edinburgh and drove him down the M8 to Glasgow myself to get Nisbet in the door. Personally, that's my opinion. I know Wilf doesn't agree. I can see him. He's getting angry. Um, but I, I, we do need to look at our own back door. There is there are talent here because we are beginning to show it. It's, it's, it's leaving and going elsewhere. I mean, Doig is about to make a move. Ferguson's about to make a move. I mean, potentially to Napoli. That's just crazy. And But we said that he's not good enough to play for us. Uh, so the players are there. And I think, as, as Connor says, we need to start looking at our own back door and bringing them in. And I also agree with him on the loan side of things that uh, we need to be a bit more bullish instead of just sending our players to to clubs and and right we'll leave you to it for the year. We need to be telling them that we we need to we need these guys playing. That's the reason why they're coming to you. Otherwise, we'll bring them back. Robert, I agree hundred percent with Connor. Where the loans concerned, we do have to be as Ian says bullish. We have to tell them, look, this is. It. I mean, I know you can. It used to be a thing that you can structure deals and say, right, look, if you don't play them. The, this is this is what we're what you're paying as a loan a loan fee. If you play them X amount of times, you don't need to pay it. If you do pay them half, you know it, it's structured into the loan fee, but it doesn't really guarantee the player any more time. It just means it's a it's a financial thing for the club. But we we, we do we we need to stipulate them if anybody goes out on loan. Look, we have to be playing. 
Um, but I mean, the Scottish players, I'd love to be bringing in Scottish players, right? I'd love to be linked with Scottish players. But it's not just as if you, if you look around Scottish football, right? The, the teams at the top level of the SPFL, who's who, who's bringing in Scott? I can't think of any Scottish players we could go for. I mean, you know, I mean, Aberdeen are signing players, they're spending money on players that aren't in Scotland, that aren't Scottish, you know. Hearts and Hibs and Celtic, they're, they're not bringing in Scottish players because I don't particularly think there are any. Or, Connor, can you think of any that? You know, we could we could and probably should be going for. Um, well, I, I mean, no, it's a fair fair question. I think I don't know. I think we missed the boat in some players, and obviously, Lewis Ferguson wouldn't have been a bad choice, especially given the fact that he's got a, you know a family lineage at the club with, with his, his dad and his uncle. Um, I think he would have been a, a solid shout, and a, still for the life of me, I don't know why we never really pursued that further other than that I don't know it's it's it, it's tough um, you know because I don't think I think if we were going to do it wouldn't it be probably a midfielder or a defender because at this point I think we're probably getting to the stage where we're not going to need to get another striker in because we've already brought you know um, I think at least one in the door and there's other uh, one on the way so uh, I yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Billy Gilmore. I don't know if he would be a possibility, but it doesn't seem like he's getting the playing time that he would like to get um, at the level he'd like to be at right now. So why not look at bringing him back down the road? Albeit that would depend how much that would cost us. I don't know. Listen, Connor, it's not a bad shout. You've saved the podcast tonight by being that call that's come on, and I can't thank you enough for that. Really enjoyed your call, mate. Give us a call again, all right? No worries, guys. Cheers. Have a good day. Cheers, Thank you. Thanks, mate. Listen, I think that that's um, enough to, 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 to call it a night. I'm happy to end on a caller. That's made my job a wee bit easier. Um, and listen, can I just get in on Andy Gorham before we go? Just to... Oh, yeah, of course you can, Ian. Sorry for giving you a shot. You were shut, you were shut down. Short, short and sweet on Andy. The, the, the save, obviously, the Van Hoydonk save. Uh, like Wilf, I don't know how he got to it, but I can watch that over and over and over again. Still think it's going to go in, even now. But at one point, Andy Gorham wasn't just the best goalkeeper in Britain. At one point, Andy Gorham was the best goalkeeper in the world, bar none. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And I don't, I know McGregor's up there on, the, on on a level with him, but I don't think we'll ever have a keeper like Andy Gorham at our club ever again. For six months, about 1992, as Ian says, Andy Gorham was the best goalkeeper on the planet. Without any question. He was fabulous. He really was. Listen, gents, thanks for your company tonight. You've both been fantastic. Uh, Connor, thanks for your call. That was good as well. Enjoyed that. Uh, and as always, you can join us tomorrow morning uh, around about 11am usually uh, for the daily rabble. Uh, get your, your dose after your conflicts. Um, but thanks for joining us in the comments as well. Um, and we'll see you again uh, another time. Thank you. Podcast Network.